what's up what's up everybody welcome to episode two bark after dark man back at it again uh love to see it we love we're loving what we're seeing um uh, thank thank you for those of you who are turning in for the first time those of you returning for the second time uh we're glad we didn't scare you off last time it was uh as i said an exercise in self-indulgence but big time Hey, it went, it went over pretty well. And tonight we actually got somebody to talk to other than just the two of us sitting here. Somebody making, interesting. Yeah, making fools of ourselves. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to listen to us just uh, you know, opine on our random uh, nature. Although we will keep that segment. We're going to do one of those, I think, each week, a little something. So I'm interested to see what you got for me this week. A couple thousand people tuned in to the last one um, all, up overall. And I just want to tell everybody who did it wasn't for you. That was for us. Yeah, uh, that was <laughs> that was uh, that was Jake. That was Jake and Jake. Just uh, you know, uh, you know, having a having a meeting in the conference room at the law firm, uh, yes. and uh, that's that's just kind of what we did. But uh, I need to ask you, um, what you drinking? What we got? What we what we drinking tonight? What you drinking tonight, man? I got a uh, pickle jar full of vodka this evening because uh, I'm a wagon in a big way. No, actually, why I, the I, hell are you drinking out of a pickle jar? <laughs> Listen, I'm a repurposer, man. I'm a guy who uh, look, it's free. It's a free glass jar. Uh, no, uh, this is uh, just some water. Um, I'm. I told you before we got started, which is not something you've ever heard from me a lot over the course of our friendship. Uh, Sometimes the body tells you you just need to maybe take a little step back for a couple of yeah. days. But, um, I've had uh, I, I've I've skipped the last couple of days of booze. Uh, no nicotine in the last couple of days. Everybody in the McKaysville metro area is still alive, so that's good. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I am also dry tonight. Uh, Friday night. Um, I just got a reminder that I'm getting old. You know, I mean, Friday night, Saturday morning, I got a reminder that I'm almost 40 years old and uh, I need to uh, I need to act like it. Um, and I, all I did was have a few drinks here at the house. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take it easy too. cook Brenner for the family tonight. A little bacon, little uh, little Koneka sausage and some eggs and grits on the uh, didn't cook the grits on the Blackstone, but I cooked everything else on it. And uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. So uh, I've got a full belly and uh, probably within. You know, you could probably count the time in seconds that when this show is over, my eyes are going to be closed. Connecticut is a superior product. Oh, it's so good, man. It is so good. Like everybody was just like blowing it up about how great it was. And the only thing I'd ever had was like the smaller ones, like mm. the thinner sausage. And those are good, but the, the bigger ones, the ones you can turn like into a sausage dog or whatever, those are incredible. Yeah, um, but it has been a full day over at Dogs HQ. Um, because you know we reported some stuff on Todd Munkin. Basically, Todd Munkin, Ravens' job. Don't want to give it all away. Uh, come on over to Dogs HQ and see what we got going on. But uh, basically, um, you know, I think Mike Bobo is going to have a great chance to get the job if Todd Munkin does leave Georgia, and we've got all the intel on what we think is going to happen there. Um, but man, you want to talk about a thread um, on all timer over at Dogs HQ? It's it's nearing two hundred five pages i know some pe people probably over at the junkyard and over at the dog vent and you're like oh god this happens all the time well it doesn't at the dog walk <laughs> not yet i mean you know it doesn't happen very often there it's getting there and we're glad to have our first long thread um but mike bobo man uh you know we were talking about it there was a picture that you were going to put on the background and uh, it had brandon sutherland in it and i was like oh man They'll love that. That'll be a good backdrop to talk about. Mike. Do you know my Nick Davis Fields Brandon Sutherland story? I do not. Oh man, he 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 once uh, he once accused Brandon Sutherland of not being Brandon Sutherland. Oh Brandon, wow! And Brandon Sutherland was like, "No, I'm him," and he was like, "Yes, yeah, bullshit." <laughs> where where did this take place? Uh, I believe it was at Max Canada. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that, but I yeah, I, I, I really did have Max Canada in my head. What is Max Canada now? Do you know? You don't even live around here. It's called, uh, Paloma Park. Oh, terrible. Yes. Max Canada was a fun place. But I watched the Braves uh, lose lose a fair share of ball games with my man Zach Thrower over there drinking Natty Light out of pitchers. Makes me think um, of Zach Thrower. And when I say I, we drank Natty Light out of pitchers, we drank it straight out of the pitcher. Like we didn't pour it into a cup. We just ordered our own and drank out of the pitcher. <laughs> Um, uh, a couple times and it was a, it was a lot of fun, but no, I mean, that's, listen, that's, I, I get it. That's a, you know, that's a big story for sure. And it's something that everybody's been wringing their hands over. Um, you know, like you said, we don't want to give too much away, but I mean, 
you, you, you how we, I mean, you thinking Todd Munkin? I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get offered the job. It, it kind of, right. I mean, like to me, if I'm the Ravens and Eric Bieniemy will take this job, that's the guy I hire. Yeah. They won the Super Bowl, for God's sake. Yeah. My, I mean, it's, it's kind of on the info end, man. And, and this is something I, I'm interested to bring up because we got Ross Dillinger coming on tonight. He says he's coming on. We'll see if he's a man of his word. If he's not, we will we will tar and feather him in the town square tonight. Uh, but um, we'll talk to him about this. But, man, so often when you're talking about trying to share inside info and, and trying to give the people what they pay for – you're beholden to somebody else's decision. And that decision in this case is probably, I mean, it's twofold, really. It's John Harbaugh and company deciding to offer the job to Todd Munkin. If they do that, I don't get the impression that he's just number one on their list, even going into whoever they've got to talk to this week. Um, But then Todd Munkin making a decision, and you're just trying to give the best information you can. And in a day and age where where stuff breaks on Twitter in a moment, people break their own stories. Um. It's just, uh, I feel like timeline reporting, like, hey, let's just, listen, we walked you through this. And I think that's the best way you can do it. Breaking news means less and less. Um, but but having a chance to go timeline and tell people about it is a bigger deal. And, and you know, to me, that's what we're trying to do here with this Todd Munkin thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, good, good news. Uh, I believe Ross is with us already. Yeah, yeah, we should probably. We haven't even had a chance to talk about the Super Bowl yet, so we'll talk about it with him. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it with him. Uh, uh, let's see, he's ready to go. We're just going to throw him in the Wolves and see if this works. Uh, should be noted, Palmer or Wes is not handling production duties. Oh yeah, this is. I am, and I don't really know what the hell I'm doing. So <laughs> let's see how this goes. Um, all right, there's the man right there. What's up, Ross? What's going hey. on? Hey, hey guys, how are y'all? Man, your sound's awesome. Good. Good. Man. Good yeah. deal. AirPods. Sound great. How about that? Are you uh so where are you in your world travels right now? Are you in DC? Yeah, I'm home. I'm home in DC. Uh yeah, I actually got a little uh little time off of, of work travel and uh doing some play travel. So I just got in from a, a ski trip uh last night, so that was cool. Um but I'm I'm at home for a little while, hopefully. Where did where you, you uh where'd you go skiing? So it's a place called Snowshoe Mountain, West Virginia, about four hour drive, four and a half hour drive west of uh, of DC. Cool. And uh, did did the wife get a chance to join along, or did she have those super important White House duties? Well, she did come, but she's not a skier, so she <laughs> she stayed in the in the condo and did did some shopping and did some drinking and and all that stuff while I uh, me and some friends hit the hit the slopes. Uh, she's. Uh, yeah, she she tried skiing last year. We we did um, ski school, uh, and I made it through school with flying colors. And she, uh, let's just say, she uh, failed out. Well, I mean, it's part of being an athlete, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you this: last time I went skiing, uh, my best buddy um, comes down the mountain. And he just looks at me and I'm like, dude, what's wrong with your face? And he's got like a blue line across his nose where he had uh, broken his nose and it's, it was all swollen up and everything. And I was like, all right, I'm turning in these skis and yeah. I'm going to sit in front of that fire and drink some beer. That's and then, right. uh, then I may go out there if I get, if I get loaded enough, I might go out there and hit the, hit the bunny slope on a, mm-hmm. uh, on a tube and uh, have some fun that way. But it's not my thing. I, I yeah, it's, it's, it can be dangerous. Well, Ross is a, a you're a deep South guy, man. I mean, you're from Louisiana. <laughs> it went to school yeah. in the state. Not a lot of uh, great skiing in the uh, in the Bayou State. I'm no, <laughs> no. In fact, the first time I ever skied was last March at at the uh, in West Virginia. So uh, that was my that was my first time I did the ski school then. Uh, but yeah, I did not not grow up doing a whole lot of uh, skiing. Um, didn't grow up. Um, you know, going to the mountains and stuff like that. So this is all new to me, but I'll, I'll tell you, man, I've, I've um, I, I don't know. I've been kind of like falling for the, for the activity. It's fun. It can be, it can be a little dangerous. Um, you got to kind of know what slope that your, your, um, I guess your level, got to know your level and, and what scope to, what slope not to go on. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. What did you, uh, what did you think about the Super Bowl last night? Are, are you one of these people kind of uh, real, real, real upset about the 
call there at the end of the game? Do you feel like something you, – do you feel robbed? Well, I don't feel robbed probably because I didn't bet on the game. I made sure um, not to bet on the game. Um, I bet on like one of the rounds. I don't remember which round I bet on, but I didn't win. And uh, I think I, I think that I bet on the Chiefs in the uh, – maybe in the divisional round. Uh, and uh, whoever they were playing – Kicked a field goal to completely ruin the uh, the cover, and uh, I was like, you know what, I'm not betting again. So, but so I didn't feel robbed at all. But I will say that the, um, I mean the, the holding call was was pretty light, uh, you know. And I think in a lot of cases that probably gets let go um, and, and not called. Uh, however, I, you know, the Eagles the Eagles had it in the bag. I mean they outplayed them for most of three quarters or so. And, uh, you know, they, they should have won the football game, uh, call or not, you know, they, they, they didn't play good enough defense in the second half. And obviously Patrick Mahomes did his thing, which was incredible to watch, you know, a guy on a foot and a half or so, um, do what he did. Yeah, for sure. What, um, any guys you cover in that game, any guys that you remember covering heavily playing in that game? Uh, Devontae Smith. Yeah. Yeah. From the Eagles. Yep. Mm -hmm. In fact, I, I, uh, I remember, um, doing a story on him after he, he made the catch, the second and 23 catch. I'm sure a lot of your your, uh, listeners really want to hear about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Ross for turning the channel. Yes. yes. (laughs) But, uh, I remember going to his hometown, which is in, he's from Louisiana and, um, how do you say Went to his hometown? What? What's that? How do you say the name of that? Um, you know, forget, in- well, forget what it's called. Um, wait, what is it? Is it Amite or a meat? A meat. A meat. A meat is how you say. It. Yep. I've never, I've never really known to be honest with you. Yep. I've, I've yeah, been there as well, and I've just, I've never known how to say it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a meat. Um. Which, uh, oddly enough, the Louisiana governor, who my wife knows well, just from covering stuff there, he's from that town as well. But I remember, uh, yeah, visiting there a few years ago, uh, and uh, you know, visiting his family and their home and everything. And it's crazy to see, obviously, what he's uh, what he's doing now. For so long, he was only known as the guy who caught that touchdown pass. And man, he made some great catches last night, including one that probably, you know, was was reviewed and then and then. Uh, overturned I, I still don't exactly know what a catch is but these days we, none of us do <laughs> he had do one, he, he had a crazy one in uh he had a crazy one in the uh in the nfc championship game that you know he got up and he was like let's go let's go i didn't catch it you know and getting got him to the line i mean it's yeah uh, he, he's an incredible football player he's one of my favorites him and jalen hurts both and i know I'm probably more Georgia fans are turning this thing off because they're like, Hey, this guy's such a big fan of these Alabama folks. But uh, Jalen Hurts is awesome, man. It was so cool to see him like, you know, Alabama fans, they just cast him aside so quickly when Tua came along and then he comes back and, you know, to know how good of a kid he is and he leads Georgia back in the SEC championship game and then to be able to kind of do what he's done uh, thus far. Um, I do want to ask you one thing, though, about uh, some news you broke last week, because that's basically what you do now. You know, Ross Dillinger, the newsbreaker, um, you uh, you broke the story about the SEC thing. You know, what's crazy about that, Ross, and I don't know what you were hearing. I thought that when they announced, I thought right around the time that they said that there weren't going to be, they weren't going to be able to come in 24, that they were going to say they were going to be able to. That's what I was hearing is like, hey, mm-hmm. this could come as early as this week. And then as soon as they announced it, got a text, hey, I think some folks are posturing. So, do you know, Can what can you share about kind of how all that went down, like timeline-wise? Yeah, yeah. It's been a wild few weeks and months kind of covering this. Uh, it takes you through things a little bit. I think it goes all the way back to October. Um, so, in October, the uh, Big 12 presidents met in Oklahoma and Texas presidents, I think, made pretty clear that they wanted to be out of the league a year early and part of that um was because of the four new members houston cincinnati um ucf and byu were coming in a year earlier than expected so they were gonna have to play them not only uh once but but twice both in 24 and 
or 23 and 24. And they didn't like that much. They did not go over well in Austin and in Norman. So that kind of started the ball rolling, I think, in early December in Las Vegas at the Football Foundation event. The Big 12 ADs had meetings. And it was pretty much determined there uh, by that they they were out. And they agreed, the Big 12 and the Big 12 legacy members, the eight members in Texas and Oklahoma kind of agreed, I think, then that they'd be out early. Um there were some reports. I kind of held the news stupidly, but there were some reports that followed the, the, the event that, you know, suggested that that's what happened. And that is what happened uh, at those meetings in Vegas. And so from that was early December. So from early December to early February or so, about two weeks ago, as you mentioned, or a week and a half ago, we had the news from ESPN and I think the athletic as well, that talks were basically dead. Um, and all that week, I came out on a Friday, um, all that week, I had been kind of digging on this story to write kind of an explainer of the situation of what was going on. And while I did get from people that they were hitting snags, the, the two networks, Fox and ESPN, were hitting kind of some issues, some roadblocks uh, in getting to an agreement because there was a lot of parties here. It wasn't just the Big 12 in the SEC and the Big 12 legacy members in Texas and Oklahoma, it was it was Fox and ESPN as well. So while I did um, understand that they had some issues, I did not at all um, think the talks were dead. And I think you nailed it. I think there was some posturing and some purposeful leaking of information uh, that, that came out there uh, to put pressure on certain parties, probably one being Fox. Uh, they were the one party in all of this, Fox was, that uh, really this didn't benefit in any way because um, they were losing Texas and Oklahoma for the 2024 season. And ESPN had exclusive rights to the SEC and had first pick of the 2024 season, the Big 12. So they were just – they were going to get them either way. Uh, so I think that was a purposeful leak. And I, like you, within a couple hours of that report, I um, it was made pretty clear to me by some people in in the SEC in in the Big Twelve that that uh, talks were not dead and that this happens all the time in negotiations where you have purposeful leaks you have uh, parties that kind of get exhausted and have to step away from the table for a little while and they always come back and it was intimated to me that this deal was going to get done um, it's just a matter of time and lo and behold. A week later, it gets done. Well, Rose on mute right now. I'm just, I'm an old man. It's a well-oiled machine here. It's a well-oiled machine. We, we always are. This, would, you, would you believe this is our second show, Ross? It's hard to wrap your head around. <laughs> this is going to be a disaster every week. Uh, it's just, hey, at least, I, at least I have a drink. So Yeah, well, so what are we sipping well. on? What are we drinking on here? We're, this is a maker's mark, just yeah. my old my old uh, maker's mark. That's what I usually keep in my decanter. And then I'm, I have two decanters, one one maker's mark, and uh, the other I usually rotate with a little little better stuff. Uh, but I, that's empty today, so I'm I'm doing my uh, my makers with my uh, my uh, rock or not my well yeah it's a, it's a uh, you know a whiskey ball whatever oh, yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. and i got my little florida lee glass look at there is it a nice i've got one of those pull out drawers in my freezer and every time i fill up my i fill up my whiskey mm. ball thing and then i empty them in there and you open it up and they're just rolling around like every yeah. i mean there's like frozen waffles on top of them mm -hmm. and, and they're just rolling around nice. everywhere nice so, yes yeah yeah no they're good man they're nice i, I have a little rubber a compartment that yeah. you pour them in, you keep them in, and stuff like that. And yeah, they're they're convenient. Ross, we I, I do want to get into uh, kind of a little bit of your background here, uh, but before we do that, I want to talk to you since you know we cover the dogs and, and you're a national guy. I mean, just kind of looking back on this last season and even the season prior, you know, um, from the national perspective, obviously we we tell people all the time what the local perspective is, what the, you know, what the heartbeat around the team is in Athens. But, you know, from the national perspective, I guess, how do you view what Georgia's been able to do over these last couple of years? Well, it's been remarkable, really. You know, got to go back to, you know, 2017 or so. Um, and you look at playing, for, you know, in three national championship games and, and winning two in, 
uh, playing in what four SEC championship games, I guess, over that four stretch. Or five, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's quite a run. Um, in you know, I don't too much use the dynasty term loosely, but they're certainly really close to a dynasty, if not already there. Um, you know, to win back-to-back championships is really, really difficult. Uh, but it's only happened like three times in like 40 years or so, I want to say. Uh, and and it's, uh, it's, it's tough to do. And so I think that right now what, what Kirby has going is pretty incredible. And, you know, he's it's been said over and over again and I know written about, but you know, he's, he's using the old, uh, the old saving playbook, right? It's like, go get the best players and develop the best players, um, and to be better players and don't have, honestly, just don't have them screw up too much on the field and, and don't, don't uh, make too many mistakes. Uh, and I think what we saw this past year, with Georgia and Kirby, you know, I feel like Kirby for years was um, kind of painted as, as being fairly conservative, um, right, with his with his offensive game plan, at times not letting loose enough. But I, I feel like we saw him kind of break out of that this year. Um, and I think all of us nationally kind of noticed that. And it's a big reason probably why they put up the numbers they did as well as having a quarterback who's 38 years old uh, <laughs> also that that helped so uh but it, no it's, it's amazing to uh what, what they've done this this run will and i'm sure it's not over um this run will, will go down in history for sure i think they need one in the next two or three years another one in the next two or three years to get a dynasty status personally uh i do want to so look at the looking at the landscape the transfer portal NIL, you know, we're talking, Georgia's got two national championships in the NIL area era, both years. Um, do you think that's maybe adds a little bit of a, of a gold star to it? Maybe a little that in your opinion, is it, is it, it, or are we too early in NIL and transfer portal for it to have presented that extra challenge? It seems a little early. Yeah. I mean, um, maybe not, quite this past year but i don't know i i I do think it's kind of early i I feel like we're not going to see the true i say not see the true impact of nil until a year too late you know a year two or three years into it which is you know maybe next year the year after but then again um you know we've seen teams remake themselves and turn into competitors pretty quickly right usc is a great example um, out there in California, and they got a bunch of transfers last year. LSU, who Georgia played in an SEC championship game, had like 18 transfers or something last year, including that quarterback. So we've seen a lot of teams remake um, in Georgia, uh, and y'all know the statistics better than I do, but they have rarely dipped their toe into the into the transfer portal um, as they get uh so so many good high school kids right that they they just have to plug in every now and then but it's it's not many they don't need many and that's been interesting to watch how different teams have used the transfer portal um but you know i i i think um i think we're going to look back honestly this is a much broader conversation but i think we're going to look back on this time this era uh with a little bit of of an asterisk, not to say Georgia's two championships will ever be doubted. Uh, I know they won't, but just the era in general will probably, because we're in the, we're in the middle ground of, um, like I call it a purgatory between amateurism and professionalism. Uh, and one day here pretty soon, we're going to get into just college athletics being professionalized fully or close to fully, uh, whether you believe, in that or agree with that or not, that's where it's going, either employment status or revenue sharing with athletes. But right now, we have to take small steps there. And one of the steps was cost of attendance. Another step was NIL. And uh, so I think we're in that kind of purgatory type era. So it's going to be interesting to look back on that years later and and um, look at teams that excelled and, and teams that won championships during that uh, during that stretch and i think that stretch especially for nil probably starts this year you know we'll be two years in and so it'll be interesting to watch 
Well, Rose uh, still muted again, and I don't need to explain that. Um, but <laughs> well, I knew you had some background questions coming. Well, no, yeah, I do, I do. Um, so one of the things, you know, uh, we love. Obviously, we're all here because we we talk football, and, and and that's what we do. But one of the things that we really wanted to do on this show, Ross, was kind of get into people's backgrounds and and talk about, you know, you do the interviewing a lot of the times, but you don't get to. People may not know you behind the, the guy asking the question. So we want to ask the guys who ask the question some questions. So, um, you know, I guess just kind of take us back, like, you know, obviously Sports Illustrated. I mean, doesn't get much bigger than that, but nobody starts out there. You know, uh, what's kind of the road? What's kind of your road to, to where you are? now? Yeah, I, um, you know, I started as a, as a beat writer, uh, you know, in the in the SEC. I graduated from Mississippi State, I guess I can go all the way back. And my dad, I got into just journalism in general, really through football. Um, it wasn't through the journalism side, it was through sports. My dad was a high school football coach. And so I grew up on the high school bus and in the high school locker rooms in the Mississippi Gulf Coast and Louisiana Gulf Coast. Um, you did, know, you, did you uh, play? Around. Uh, I tried. Because um, uh, for those of you who don't know Ross, Ross is a pretty big dude. I mean, you're what six three? No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't like that in in high school. So, oh, late bloomer, about, huh? Uh, yeah, I was about six foot, about a hundred and fifty pounds, hundred and sixty pounds in high school. Um, and I couldn't catch, and I couldn't run. Um, and I was incredibly uncoordinated. So they put me on the offensive line. Um. Which, if you know football well enough, a six foot, uh, one hundred and fifty five pound offensive lineman probably not going to bode well. Hell of a right? wing so, pulling guard, dude. Yeah, that's right. Funny. Yes, that's where I, I, that's that's that is kind of like uh, what I played. I played guard, and we ran the football a lot. And I did not get on the field very much at all. I was like third or fourth string. Um, so I, I played my sophomore and junior year, and then. I started getting into golf pretty heavily my uh, my junior year um, and kind of took to it really quickly and made the golf team. And, and so my senior year was kind of de- dedicated to, to golf. So I, I didn't play football my, my senior year. But I, I grew up around around sports and, and grew up around football with my dad and wanted to be, wanted, you know, kind of wanted to be around the sport. And drifted toward keeping stats, which then led to – writing high school stories uh, for the local newspaper uh, in Biloxi, Mississippi, on the Gulf Coast. And uh, that led to um, me uh, going to Mississippi State and working for the campus newspaper there. And, uh, you know, I have the distinct pleasure of being at Mississippi State for the worst four years of Mississippi State football history, which is saying a lot. Um, I got the last two years. Was it Sylvester Croom? Well, I got the last two years of Cheryl and the first two years of crew Mississippi state won 11 games in four years. Um, so it was fairly brutal, uh, but it was a fun time. Uh, uh, you know, we had a blast. And so I, think I, w- I went from there and uh, actually had a news internship with the AP in Jackson, Mississippi, um, where at my then girlfriend worked at the Clarion ledger in Jackson. Then I left and I covered Auburn. That was my first sport, sport charting job as a beat writer. I covered, Coach Tommy Tuberville, uh, my wife, oddly enough, <laughs> full circle, covers Senator Tommy Tuberville. Um, and then I worked, uh, I moved back and we got married in Jackson. And I worked at the Clarion Ledger, did high schools and did Jackson State. Uh, then we moved to Missouri together and she worked for the St. Louis Post Dispatch covering the Missouri legislature. I covered Mizzou for a couple of years. And then our last stop uh, was Baton Rouge. We uh, she covered the Louisiana legislature for the Advocate in Baton Rouge, and I covered LSU football in the first couple of years, a little baseball too. We were down there for about five, six years, uh, and then I got a job job at SI, and um, you know, covering national college football four years ago. This coming uh, May, I believe it'll be four years. So, or no, it'll be five. Yeah, four, five years. Man, I don't know. Time flies. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's been a long journey. Uh, and yeah, you're right. You don't start at SI. You know, I got I got noticed uh, a lot for my I think my coverage of LSU football and Andy Staples, who is now at the Athletic, um, uh, was at SI at the time and right. kind of put my name in in a hat, so to speak, and and uh, got a call and 
Um, and here I am almost five years later. Yeah. It's been, it's been four and a half years. Yeah. We're going to have Andy on uh, here in a couple, two or three weeks and hopefully um, we can, you know, talk about all the barbecue joints across the SEC because I, don't mm-hmm. know, I know yes. how into that is. Of course, I don't know. Andy's Andy's on that, on that, uh, he's lost a bunch of weight and it's looking I know. too. So uh, I probably need to do what they're doing, whatever they're doing. Uh, Ross, when you what what's been your favorite thing? Like if you had to point to a moment, whether it's whether it's like uh, what's been your favorite thing about being a sports writer? I mean, it could be an event. Um, you know, I know you talked about your relation, the relationship you made with Mike Leach. I know you probably think about him a lot. Um, you know what what has been probably the the greatest one thing that you've experienced or developed out of being a sports writer. Well, I think, you know, one of the greater things about my job is the travel and getting to see new places, um, getting experience new places. Um, you know, life is about experience and experience new things. So going to different places, uh, meeting different people, um, you know, getting their, uh, getting their thoughts, uh, interpretation of things, um, seeing how, seeing how uh, other regions of the country live uh it, it's really fun and it's something that you know when i when i was growing up I, it didn't do a lot I didn't travel to really other places you know for vacation we went an hour down the beach to, to yeah. pensacola or an hour the other way to new orleans or something so we didn't get a whole lot uh d- didn't get to see a whole lot of the country um so that's been really cool that's been that's been one of the cool things is the people you get to to meet in, in the places you see um and obviously uh you know, I've covered a lot of cool, cool events and cool games. I mean, I covered the Masters last year, which was awesome. You know, it was a great experience and um, hope to do it again one day. I mean, it's 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 outstanding. And that meets every expectation, team. doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I, uh, I won the lot fan lottery in 2017 and took my dad. I just got like happened to get lucky and, and won the lottery and um so that is and, possible it, I, I didn't know yes person that's ever told it's, that story <laughs> i know i know i got really lucky man i uh i had started putting my name in for the lottery the year before so the second year i won tickets it was it was crazy so i won i went for a friday round and it was incredible it was an awesome experience and then i got to cover it as a media member last year and got to go in the media center which is absurd and just um just incredible experience so things like that don't you don't you get to keep your placard from the oh yeah i uh well you know what it's on the placard i just kept my credential okay um, okay which is like a which is like a uh it's it's a nice card and like you know it's got like an electric chip in it or something so the the augusta national still knows where i am i guess (laughs) tracking me yeah really cool experience i've been in some great press boxes i have to assume the food at the masters press box is is all time i mean yeah and it's uh, you know it'd be calling it a press box right is is wouldn't would do it disservice it's a massive press palace uh it's incredible it's like nothing i've ever seen the the rumor is you know they don't release a lot of info there the rumor is they spent 30 to 50 million dollars on it and i believe it it's it's just insane. Uh, and yeah, the food keeps coming at the end of the day, they make an announcement after play and, and you get, uh, cocktails and beer as well in the back. Uh, you know, you get all the pimento cheese sandwiches. You I'd only get to do it once. It's, a, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, by the time they carried me out of there on my face, uh, <laughs> you know, I would only get to do it once. I, I don't know how much restraint I could show. I got to go for the first time this past year and I went Monday and it was the Monday. It was the very, I mean, that Monday was the very first day that it had been completely opened back up. Like, uh, it was oh. kind of limited and man, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if the pro shop is always like this, but you couldn't yeah. move. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> you couldn't move. I, I bought Rusa. I bought Rusa uh, a, a polo that I still haven't given to him. Um, it's it's still. It's, not feeling it's, good about getting that. Yeah, you you'll get it soon. We'll <laughs> see it the Under Armour camp, and I'll get it to you. But the thing is, is I I had it on this pedestal, man. I had it up there, like I I was worried on my way there. I was like, man, there's no way this place is going to meet expectations. I've you know this is and it it exceeded them somehow. It's it's. I don't know, man. I don't know what they do there. I don't know if it's like some kind of little mist they hit you with when you walk in or something, but you just immediately fall in love with it. I'm, and, convinced, I'm convinced it's the cell phone. 
I really am. I'm convinced it's everybody yes. going to leave their cell phones outside. Not it's, having your cell phone, not distracted. That's right. People are like yeah. making eye contact. Everybody's smiling. Like yeah. everybody's there enjoying a beautiful day and, and like amazing golf. And I, you know, I think that that's really part of the, the thing. It's the one place on it is. It, it is. It's part of the mystique. In in you know, it's like going back in time because there's not a lot of electric things on the course there's there's the old school scoreboard that they change by hand um they've been the same scoreboard for you know decades uh those things are really cool you know and then you have you have the the uh, uh sandwiches and the beer and all that stuff that's priced in a way that 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 makes you uh forget briefly the the absurd prices that we all now pay at, at stadiums and stuff we can do a three dollar sandwich or a four dollar beer or something like that um so it, it it felt to me like um when i was walking in you know it felt to me like i was just going back in time you know we always talk about like time travel and it's like this is how it was in 1960 you know <laughs> we're on a golf course uh it's it's really cool yeah it's it's a great experience if anybody if everybody can get to it uh, and it's not, I understand it's not cheap and it's not uh, easy at all, but uh, it's, it's worth it. So last question for me uh, and let you go. Cause obviously we're just getting kind of late here. Um, you got that maker's mark right there. I don't know if it's, is it 47 or is it the regular? Uh, it's regular. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I like the regular more than I like the 47. Anyway, I thought like the 47 has got a little too much heat to it. Uh, but uh, get a, you know, get a shared drink with anybody in the sport, whether sports writer, uh, college football, the sports you cover, whatever. Who, who are you picking? Who are you just an hour, have a few drinks, a couple hours, whatever. Who, who you got? Mm, well, I've done it. And it, it, it would be Mike Leach. You mentioned it earlier, right? Uh, you know, um, Mike is, uh, he was the, uh, probably as different and unique as a, not just a coach, but human being that, you know, that I've ever encountered. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, the night that my wife and I spent with his wife and him, uh, we went to dinner with them and then we had drinks. We spent like eight, nine hours, uh, with them, uh, drinking and eating and talking and debating, and it just, it was a blast. So he would be one. I, of course, I've already done that. Maybe it was the ghost of Mike Leach. Uh, I would love to have. A, what was, what was the pirate's favorite drink? You know, uh, he would change up a bit, but that night I believe he was drinking crown in water. Um, and uh, he, he drank a lot of crown and water that <laughs> night uh, at dinner. He, he, at one point, uh, and I've written this, but at dinner, at one point, the server came by and uh, he said, "Hun, uh, I'll save you a trip. Bring me two next time." And she did, and, <laughs> and so he uh, he drank two. But uh, yeah, that that was a that was a fun night. So, but he he would change up because he would drink Tito's as well, and um, I I uh, I think he would he would drink some weird stuff. Like he would he would do some weird mixture. So he'd drink vodka. Um, preferably Tito's with, uh, with, uh, those, those like the dye, not the dye. What am I saying? The flavored, oh, the flavored squirt. Yeah. 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 So he would do that. Uh, and he I've would never heard some of anybody weird, doing that. Yeah. He would, he would drink some weird, uh, um, things too. Uh, he would drink, uh, God, he would drink vodka in some kind of weird combination. It was like, Vodka and club soda, and it would sound just sounds terrible. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. <laughs> well, I got one last one for you, Ross. I'm going to ask everybody this one. I asked Ro, uh, Ro this last week. Uh, in all your traveling that you've done, I, I certainly the, it's easy for me to remember this one. What's the worst hotel room you've ever stayed? The worst hotel room. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I one time I um. There was that. There was a panic. There was like a. There was like a. You you revisited that for just a second. Like you, uh, I think you saw yeah. all of them at one time. Yeah. Your voice kind of shook mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. So I was in uh, Tuscaloosa. I was covering the Iron Bowl, and I decided to get, which you can rarely get, as a hotel room in Tuscaloosa. I had my dad with me. Um, he wanted to go to the Iron Bowl. He had never been. So I'm like, you know what? I've got dad with me. We're we're gonna stay in a 
Tuscaloosa Hotel. And if you're going to stay at Tuscaloosa Hotel the night of the Iron Bowl and the night before, you're going to stay at not a nice hotel uh, because either the other ones are all sold out or they're like $500 a night and up. Um, so we stayed at a Nikano Lodge. Uh, and uh, it was it was rough. Um, I can distinctly remember us being in the room and um, we we left the room and the like the uh, maid, the server service service member, whatever you want to call it, was like outside the room and I told her, hey, you know, we don't we just need some fresh towels like you don't have to do anything else. Um, and we came back to the room and everything had been done you know the beds were wet. she 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 did the whole room but across the bed pretty clearly was a stain of some sort that wasn't there previously <laughs> so i'll always remember that the econo lodge in tuscaloosa in the stain left maybe or maybe not by the maid in whoever joined her in our room at night while we were gone yeah so, there you go you don't know what, listen, I, my, I'm convinced nobody who does this job or travels, I, I don't think anybody forgets the worst. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it's, it's hard. It's hard not to have a few bad experiences. I've been having actually, I don't know what's been up with Marriott lately. I'm guessing it is the post COVID, just the lack of, um, the lack of house housekeeping kind of, so to speak, but literally like every hotel, pretty much every hotel room I've stayed in, the the bathtub or shower uh, definitely has the remnants left from the past person who was in there. Uh, yeah. yeah, I haven't run into that, but I have racked up some points here lately of being like, "No, you don't have to come do my turndown service. I'll take yes. five thousand points." Or how? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I agree. That that's that helped too. me. That's helped me rack it up. So that's been a that's been a perk. Um, uh, I think Roos was talking. I don't know what you said about your worst hotel room. I had stayed in a uh, a uh, Roadway Inn in Boulder, Colorado, one time, um, and to complicate things, there were about eleven of us, uh, and in uh, oh. a, a two bedroom. You know how it was, college man. That's why we go. But uh, right. I, I haven't sure. stayed. Yeah, in, I, I stayed in a bad one in Memphis uh, for the Liberty Bowl. I mean, if you're having to cover the Liberty Bowl, you should just you know you can't stay at the Peabody. Uh, no. So uh, that one was pretty bad too. I don't remember what yours was, Roos. Uh, oh, mine was uh, mine was in Homa, Louisiana. Oh yeah, Red Roof Homa. The red the Red Roof Inn in Homa, Louisiana. Blood all over the sheets. Uh, the hair oh. caught on fire. Um, it was. I got in at like three in the morning, and I had to be out by seven. I didn't want to go fight them, so I just put the I just put the comforter back over the blood covered sheets. And slept oh God. <laughs> There's a reason this man this man named Jake Roos right here will find an Airbnb in a heartbeat. I'm a big Airbnb guy. <laughs> for that reason. For that Ross, reason. thanks so much for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, you know, break all the stories from here on out. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, I love Ross, man. Ross is a good dude. Um, funny story about Ross. I, I would have told it while he was on here, but it, it just kind of crossed my mind. We were in uh, we were in L.A. for the national championship game, and uh, Brandon Adams and I, uh, Brandon Adams, me, uh, Jordan Hill, Rusty Mansell, uh, we all went out to eat in Hollywood, and uh, we we had a good dinner. We went to Frolic Room, Pantages Theater. You know, kind of walked around Hollywood, saw John Wayne Star, all that stuff. And uh, then we came back to the to the hotel and, and kept the party going. Um, you know, we're upstairs paying for drinks at the hotel bar while they're giving them away for free in the hotel media hospitality room. But who cares? So when we got tired of paying for them, we said, hey, we're going to go down there. And there was Ross, I think, maybe wearing that hat or another one similar to it on backwards um, with a gleam in his eye told me they're closed dude they're closed <laughs> i've never been so sad in my life uh but what just a phenomenal dude uh, I've, I've known him since he was uh since he was covering lsu and uh you know been to uh sec spring meetings with him a few times and uh man he's he's a blast all right let's bring it home jake on jake session uh 
quick question tonight. Um, session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Jake on Jake session. Well, that's what we're going to call this piece. Um, we, we wanted to keep this after last week. I thought it was a lot of fun. So we're going to do one question for each other every week. Just some random, apropos of literally nothing. Uh, you want to start? You want me? I'll go. All right, go for it. What are your thoughts on ayahuasca tea? Oh, boy. Very intrigued by the idea. I, yeah, there you go. There's a lot of uh, research out there um, that really promotes like healing from uh, depression, people who have uh, alcoholism, drug dependence. Um, I really encourage people to go watch Ron White. He was on uh, yeah uh, on on Two Bears One Cave, right? Yeah, yeah. And, with Tom Segura uh, and uh, yeah. was, his interview on it was very impactful. I thought, and for him to have been drinking as much as he was, and for him to have kind of moved away from that and attributing it to that. Ah, man, I don't know, man. There's something. To did you, I don't know if he did he attribute it. Uh, maybe that made it easier on him. But I remember listening to that whole interview and and it that the the stopping involved, right? Do what now? I think he got hypnotized at first, and then he and then he. But that was in preparation to go do the eyewash. Right. Yeah. I, so he he spoke about you know. Obviously, I'm a huge Ron White fan. I mean, I don't know how you can't be. Um, but he spoke about how the the stop and drinking thing was kind of a decision. He saw some people basically, sure. you know, five years down the road and, you know, on vacation or something. And he was like, man, these people are making fools of themselves. Um, I do not want to look like that. Um, and you know, he said if he could go back and live his life again, he'd drink a little slower so that he could keep the drinking going <laughs> a little longer. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, I just on my dry out. <laughs> listen, I am I am fully intrigued by ayahuasca tea. I can go ahead and tell you right now, there's a 95 percent chance that I'm going to be too chicken shit to do it. But I might, you know, one of these days. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, but it 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 sounds like a job. You know, it sounds like a full undertaking. I mean, I've watched that Kentucky ayahuasca. You need to be prepared. Ice. You need to be prepared to uh, to evacuate. Yeah. Uh, one way or the other, if it's either coming out the front or the back, and like yeah, bro. that, that would be some wild shit, no doubt, yeah. in a very literal sense. Um, all right, my uh, mine for you tonight, Ro. If you had to do it over again, let's say no kids involved, right? But you don't go the journalism, yes. you don't you don't go the journalism route. What else would you? What else? What else intrigued you? What else might you have majored in? in not high school teacher, right. yep. obviously. Um, I I really would have liked to give the coaching route a, a real opportunity. Um, I think – all right, I've said this before. I worked with Mike McDonald, right? And Mike was – Mike had like a – and I say this about Palmer when it comes to this. He had a, ball, a, a Labrador retriever and a tennis ball quality to football that you just can't teach. And I feel like at some point in my life, I kind of had that too. And I kind of got – by the time I got a chance to coach and everything, I had so much stuff going on that I get a chance to really focus on it. I, you know, I would like to have given it a shot and maybe tried to go the Glenn Schumann route because God knows I wasn't talented enough to go play it and some coach to be like, man, you played for me. Come coach for me. No, I mean, I wasn't nowhere – anywhere near good enough for that. Uh, but, you know, I think I – you know, I would have liked to have maybe tried to take the Mike McDonald or the Glenn Schumann route of – you know, going to grad school and, and working my way up, you know, drawing up play cards and, um, you know, getting cussed at for no good reason for a dummy being in the wrong spot, um, you know, instead of getting cussed at by Mark Rick for taking photos, <laughs> um, you know, that kind of thing. Because uh, that happened too, by the way. And then he uh, then he made me, you know, took a picture with me the next day and made me like it, uh, which, you know, I, st I, I do have a lot of respect and admiration for that man. Uh, but I shouldn't. I've never seen you so flustered. I man, I thought you, I thought you were gonna burn butts mirror down. <laughs> I was so angry, dude. I was so angry because I wasn't doing anything wrong. Like my my manual focus, you know, got the thing on the thing. There's a manual focus and auto focus, and I had flipped it to manual focus, and I couldn't get any photo in focus. And I'm turning around. I don't even know which way I'm looking. And I'm looking and I'm pointing at the ground, and Mark Rick just starts yelling at me, just getting after me. Um, so don't think that man don't have any fire. He did then in, 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 you know, 2014 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I would have liked to have tried that out. Um, you know, another thing I've always been pretty good at math. Um, and, and, you know, I think I could have got into the, to the whole, you know, analytics, business analytics type thing and, and gotten into stat. And, um, you know, I've had some friends that, that went to grad school and got grad degrees in stat and man, they're really successful. Shout out Nate, shout out Bogus. 
um, two of my best friends that, you know, can call on them all the time. And uh, they're, they're extremely smart dudes and, um, you know, have been really successful. So something like that probably, but I, I will, I will always wonder if I had played my cards right on the coaching front, could I still, could I be coaching somewhere? You know, could I be, um, I wouldn't say I would be where Mike McDonald or Glenn Schumann are at. I, I don't have near a high enough opinion of myself, but I don't know. Maybe I could be, maybe I could be a, uh, an analyst at Grand Valley state or something. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. I think I might've gone the law route. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that you get to combine a man little- that runs a foul of the law as much as you do. <laughs> I think you get to combine, you know, the elements of of English, which I obviously enjoy, and then you get some of the theatrics too. So I think that, uh, you know, those were kind of the two things that that I went into uh, college looking for. So I just, I just pictured Jay Cruz as a trial lawyer. <laughs> I mean, if the glove don't fit, you must quit. Exactly, dude. That kind of incredible. Yeah, that kind of shit would be awesome. You can't tell me like. Dude, Johnny Cochran was a national phenomenon because of shit like that. I grew up watching that stuff, man, and I was like, this is cool. Like, this is this. Yeah. There's a lot of fun to be had here. <laughs> you can't yeah. tell me Johnny Cochran was not having fun while he was doing that stuff. Yeah, you're right about the law route. I mean, I did, the law school wouldn't be fun because I got to yeah. hate school. But, yeah. Well, Dude, I've had a lot of fun tonight again. No doubt, uh, 50 minutes flew by. Thank you all for coming on again. Really appreciate him and looking forward to uh, the guy. We're lining, we're lining people up for uh, weekend, week after. It might be us, just it might just be us again next week. So for some reason, some people just cannot come on on February 20th. Uh, a lot of people have been like, I can do the next week, I can do the next week. So, hope we're going to keep trying, but it might just be us again next week. Might have to get something going for you. That's cool. That we can make that happen. So, appreciate everybody tuning in this evening. Bark After Dark. Catch us next Monday, 9 p.m. Every Monday. Yep. We'll see you.